We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Vince, are you ready for rapid fire? I'm always ready, baby. Let's go. Game day rapid fire. Let's do it. So Boston College has allowed 39 sacks this season. Isaiah Foskey needs just one sack (laughs) to move past Justin Tuck to become Notre Dame's all-time sack leader. Over, under, one and a half sacks for Isaiah Foskey today. You know what? I'll be conservative. I'll say under just because it seems so obvious that it should be over. Uh, I just feel like maybe some other guys are going to get an opportunity to get in there and, and, and uh, you know, take part in the sack fest that could be coming, right? I mean, they've given up five in the last two games apiece, even though the offensive line is getting better. So I'll say under, but I'll tell you what, if you're asking me like on a scale of one to 10, whether he gets the record, it's like a 27 because he has the <laughs> next two games. He has the best opportunity to get, I mean, USC throws the ball all the time. Now, granted, Williams gets the ball out of his hands much better than the than the quarterbacks at Boston College. But they throw the ball all the time, and Boston College's offensive line stinks. So, I mean, this is the best opportunity. It's a lot better than having, like, you know, Army and Navy left on the schedule. He's got an opportunity to make it happen here, and I, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I mean, if you're – like, this <clears> – <throat> Seems so obvious. It seems so logical that, like, okay, Isaiah Foskey should have had the record, by the way, last week against Navy, of course, of all teams. Would have had the record if not for the face masking call on Maris Leofel. So he would already have the record in hand if that had not happened. I'm just gonna say it's it's gotta happen today. It's it's you know, like yeah, he, he's home, gonna, like I think day. he's going to get the record for sure. How many sacks is he going to have? I'm going to say over just because he's Isaiah Foskey and he's going up against this line. If things play out the way they should play out against a team that does not run the ball well, again, only 61 yards per game that they rush for, there's going to be a lot of passing attempts. He's got to go over today. You know, yeah, some other guys are going to have opportunities as well. BC's offense has allowed five sacks in each of their last three games. And, you know, four times this season, they have allowed at least five sacks. So. Foskey's got to get the record. I think we're going to see uh, again. We we expect him to get the record. I think that he'll go over one and a half. What quarter do you think he'll get the record in today? I think it's going to take a quarter to get settled in. It's going to be cold. I'm going to go second quarter. Second quarter. Okay. Yep. I think it's going to be second quarter. 
as well. I think that they'll protect for a little while, but I think Notre Dame's defensive line will just wear this BC offensive line out at some point. Indy Nation with a super chat. Can I have a stress-free game today, please? Uh, my guess is no. So I mean, yeah, just have I, to buckle up and get ready for the ride. <laughs> I would love for that to be the case. I would love to have just a boring game where you, me, and Brian are just making fun of each other and having a good time and not, you know, I just don't see that happening. I we got we got spoiled in the first half of the last game. I just don't see that happening. Just don't. Yeah, I agree. I agree. A lot of people first and second quarter. <laughs> Mark Mark Applegate is saying first play. Okay, well that'd be we'll great. See. Get it out of the way. I mean, okay. Fill in the blank. It will be blank if we don't see former Notre Dame quarterback Phil Jerkovic playing against the Irish for Boston College today. I will say disappointing because I do want to see him play against Notre Dame for for him, for Notre Dame fans, all of the above. And he's a shell of himself because of all the injuries, because of that offensive line. He's, I mean, he's been injury plagued, just can't keep guys off of him. So he's not going to be the fill that, you know, could have been. But at the same time, I would love to see him play just for his own psyche, play again in Notre Dame Stadium, all of that. So I'm a little sentimental when it comes to that. Yeah, it will be extremely disappointing because, you know, like when when Phil Jakovic transferred, one of the first things he did, we knew what the future schedules were going to look like. It's like, oh, as long as he doesn't go pro after the first couple of years, he's going to yeah. be back at Notre Dame Stadium. Oh, and it's going to be senior day as well. Like Phil right. Jakovic could very easily be being honored on senior day yes. today. If, you know, in a different universe, obviously, if things had played out differently. So it's just extremely disappointing if he's not able to play. Yeah today you know you hope that he's able to I am I just have to feel like he's going to start the game do we know if he's going to start the game no how healthy he is I think we're going to see both quarterbacks today yeah. for BC but I've got to think you know and it's like when you've got that rib injury and the yeah. knee and everything else that he's dealing with it really sucks that he's been just beaten up the way he's been beaten up this year especially but I mean, you want to see the guy have a chance. Now, you don't want to see him succeed, obviously, but you at least want to see him out there on that field today yeah. to some extent. So which quarterback is going to have more total yards today? Drew Pine, Phil Jerkovic, or Boston College backup Emmett Moorhead? So it's not the combination of BC quarterbacks, right? It's just Correct. individually. One of the three. One of okay. the, Because, again, Jerkovic's yeah. status is up in the air. So we're For trying sure. to predict – you know, who's going to have the bigger, who's going to, you know, and this is total yards as well. Okay. So I was in the, originally I was going to say that it was the combination of the BC quarterbacks versus Drew Pine. And I was still going to say Drew Pine, but now that it's individual, I'm still going to say Drew Pine. I, I undersold him last year, last week. I think the over under was set at 180 passing yards. And I said, I said, I think that's about where he'll be. And people were like, you're nuts. You're crazy. And he had that in the first half. I think he's going to go over. I think he's going to have a decent game today. I think he's going to use his legs a little bit as well. So I think he goes over. I think he, I think Drew has the better game. This just seems like Drew Pine redemption day, you know, after I getting so. beaten up For in the second sake. half last week and the whole thing. Because again, if it's not, then you're just like, oh, where's this leading? What's yeah. going to, you know, like it's, it, there, there's just, there are definitely two paths that this yeah. can go down. Yeah. And I think it's going to be pine as well. Cause like. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Again, when you go back to that Boston College offensive line and the fact that they don't run the ball, like even like Phil Jerkovic and Emmett Moorhead both have, you know, like Jerkovic has more rushing yards because he has played more, but he has negative rushing yards this season because of the 25 sacks he has taken. So even when he's able to make positive plays with his legs, the net result, it's yeah. all offset because of all the sacks yeah, that he ends up sacks. taking. Ugh. Yeah. So then it comes down to, and he hasn't had that many big passing games this season. I think it's going to be Drew Pine. Obviously, we don't think that he's going to make a ton of plays with his legs. But, you know, that is still an aspect that can be capitalized on a little bit more that, that we haven't seen a whole lot of. You know, just look at the, the rushing touchdown that he yeah. had last week and what he was able to do. So I think it's going to be Pine as well, just because of the fact that I think Notre Dame's defense is going to get home a lot today. And that's going to negate whatever positive plays that, that those guys are able to make. Yeah. Today's game will be the 27th all-time meeting between Notre Dame and Boston College. They are the only two. I don't know if you knew this. They are the only two Catholic FBS football programs in the nation. I say that sarcastically. <laughs> this will also be their 11th meeting in the last 16 seasons. Do you buy or sell the idea of Notre Dame and Boston College playing with more regularity in the future? I'm actually torn on this, if I'm being honest, Sean, because I think that this game means more to Boston College fans than it does to Notre Dame fans. Now, there is an older sect of fans for Notre Dame that obviously remember 93, and they they want to beat Boston College every year because of that. Right. And, and I get that. I was 12 years old when that happened, okay? I remember it. 
I get it. I understand. Right. But then there's the other side of me that says, you know, it's the same argument as the Navy thing. Does that, does this game do anything for you? Right. Is, is Boston college good enough on a regular basis where this game does something for you from a football standpoint? I'm not sure that it does. Right. But I do like the fact, and if I'm going to be the traditionalist that I usually am, I do like the fact that they are uh, two schools of similar values, right? And you kind of do want that to a degree on the schedule. I would, I would, frankly, I would like to see Boston College on the schedule more so than a Stanford, if I'm going to compare things. Had a feeling. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, and, you know, if you consider these the rivalry games, right? I, I like this one better than some of the other ones. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Boston College on the schedule more often. But I, again, the only problem is this is a bigger game to Boston College than it is to Notre Dame, and I and think that's it's a it. hard time that's to get it. Notre Dame up for it. And that's like when you go back to the old schedules that Notre Dame was playing when Brian Kelly got here before the ACC arrangement, Michigan State and Purdue were on the schedule every year. Yeah. And Boston College had become a fixture on the schedule as well. And it's sure. funny that that – Notre Dame-Miami went all the way back into the early 1970s. They played every year up until 1990. That series ended. Notre Dame very rarely played Boston College. Well, you know, simultaneously to Miami. Essentially, Boston College got on the schedule with regularity after the Miami series ended. It's like, well, we ended this. We've got to find someone to put on. They're like, well, why not Boston College, apparently? You know, and so Boston College gets on the schedule. And when BC ruins Notre Dame season in 1993, it's like, boom, it becomes a pretty quick rivalry, right? And then they yeah, play right. virtually every year for 20 years. I think there was a couple of years where, where they didn't play. But it does mean a lot more to the BC side. You know, that's kind of the, what I was the point I was making with Michigan State and Purdue. Like, for those three teams, and then when you include Pittsburgh in there, I think to an extent as well, the rivalry just means more to the other side than it means for Notre Dame. So like, even though maybe it's more fun to see them on there, I have a hard time keeping it on because of the fact that like, you've got to explain the rivalry to the <laughs> Notre Dame guys to the BC guys. It automatically means more just like listening yeah. to Dan Rubin just a few minutes ago when we were talking about the rivalry aspect, yep. they absolutely, they call it the Holy war at Boston college. They don't call it the Holy war at Notre Dame. So it just means too much to the other side because of the ACC arrangement. They're already playing them quite a bit. So I'm fine with the amount of times that they're playing them right now. It's pretty consistent. I mean, yeah, it's a little less consistent, you know, with the ACC deal and everything, but it's still fairly consistent. They play them a decent amount. So I guess as long as they keep that up, then I'm cool with it. Yeah. You're still going to see them. Yeah. You know, again, like if it's between BC and Stanford, I'd probably rather see BC a little bit more. I would like, I think we're both in agreement that we would like to see Stanford rotated, you know, like maybe you can play them every few years, but it doesn't needs to be, doesn't needs to be, doesn't need to be every year. It doesn't needs to be, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Rotate some of these other guys on a little bit more that you don't see with more regularity. What's more likely to happen today? Boston College rushes for at least 90 yards or Notre Dame rushes for at least 220 yards? I think if we're talking about what is more likely to happen, it's that Notre Dame rushes for 220. I just don't think that Boston College can stop Notre Dame. And, you know, I would have said that against Navy as well. That's a different conversation. Uh, But at the same time, I think there's going to be a renewed, 
you know, vigor when it comes to running the football. And I don't know that Boston College can stop them. And I think the passing game is going to open up the run game a little bit more. And, you know, I'll save my next comment for when we talk about which Notre Dame running back does a certain thing. So, okay. I, I, but I, I do think the running game is going to be good. And I think the Notre Dame defense is absolutely going to shut down the run game because they are going to be focused on not only getting after the quarterback, but not allowing them to run the ball either. What you, what, what you hope that you don't see is those one-off plays like against UNLV when all of a sudden, you know, like Marcus Freeman was talking afterwards, well, they didn't pull the center, you know, they never showed right. pulling the center. And then all of a sudden you're getting gashed for a 60 yard run by a UNLV guy that, you know, doesn't hit 60 yard runs very often. It's those one-off plays that kind of concern you, you know, like if, yeah. if they all of a sudden show something different than what right. they usually show. But I think that, you know, again, because the sack totals in college football count toward rushing oh, yards and Notre Dame, point. you know, I didn't even think Dame, about that. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Um, so I think that Notre Dame is much more likely to rush for 220. But at the same time, I think they've got a good chance to have a balanced attack. BC has allowed 200 plus yards three times this season, including the last two games against NC State and Duke. And of course, they won one of those games, which is, you know, it's like, I didn't get to see that game, but like I, like the fact that NC State ran for that many yards and BC was still able to win the game is amazing. Yeah. But the Eagles have topped 100 rushing yards just twice, and that was against May and Louisville. So like I don't I don't I don't see them approaching that 90 yard mark, especially because of the fact that the sack totals counting. The sack it. total thing makes it a clean sweep for me. I mean I, that makes me on the edge to not even close to the edge because that number is going to go way back because of the sacks. Right. Which game is Notre Dame more likely to lose in the next two weeks, Boston College or USC? I mean, it should be USC. That should be the answer here because the USC is a better roster. They're a better team. They're number seven team in the country, right? It should be USC. The problem is Marshall and Stanford. Yes. So... <laughs> I can easily see how somebody would go the other direction, but the answer to me is still USC. I, I just feel like Notre Dame has their home woes figured out and they're not going to have a letdown this week and it's got to be USC, but my goodness, if I'm wrong, it's going to be a long night. What if I told you? Oh God! <laughs> I don't think it's been about a home and away. I think it's been about who you're playing. That's when you look at how this season has played out, that is exactly the better games have come against the better teams and the worst games have come against the worst teams. It's just that they have happened to play more of the worst teams at home. And now you're going to add in the whole senior day mystique to things. Unfortunately, I still think it is today. Now, maybe, maybe they, maybe they show that they've moved past that, but you know, again, like, Early in the season, we thought it was home versus away, but it's been about the level of competition. They've played up and they've played down, and that's the biggest thing they've got to get figured out today. Are you finally going to not play down? Or are you finally going to be the better team when you're supposed to be yeah. the better team? Because I've got every confidence that they can stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with USC Me too. next week. Now, I just there's just enough doubt in my mind because of the two teams that you mentioned, Marshall yeah. and Stanford. That's, you know, and then you throw in the second half against Navy last week. So to me, it's today. Get past today and things, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more confident next week.
I get what you're saying, man. And that's the sad part. Yeah. <laughs> that's the absolute sad part. I know. Which Irish running back is going to have the biggest game today? I still, I think it's going to be Audric Estime. And, and one of the cool, and I, I should have started, but I didn't. But some, one of the fans in the chat said, good luck tackling Audric Estime. There's going to be a lot of arm tackles today because of the cold. And I remember, and obviously this is not a, a great comparison, but I remember we had we had a fullback. We ran triple out of the eye in my high school, and I played safety, and we would go ones on ones a lot. Little little Tom Osborne action there. And we yeah, and we went, you know, we would go one on ones and it would be full go. And I remember trying to step up into the hole and tackle our fullback when it was freezing cold outside. It hurts, man. Like it hurts. And I can only imagine what it would feel like to hit Audric Estime when it's 23 degrees outside. It's gonna hurt. And I think there's going to be a lot of business decisions made when Audric Estime is coming up the middle. So <laughs> I'm going with Audric on this one. Yeah, I want it to be Chris Tyree because of the multifaceted you know, dimension that he brings. But I think it's going to be Estime as well. I, I think we probably maybe see more of Tyree and Diggs through a good chunk of the game. But as long as, as Notre Dame is playing with the lead at the end, Audric Estime, the, the business decision thing that you said is absolutely right. He's going to make some people miserable, I think, in the fourth quarter, potentially. So I think it's going to ultimately end up being Estime as well. Scale of 1 to 10, Sparks5219 is saying digs. Um, scale of 1 to 10. What chances do you give the Irish to have their first 100-yard wide receiver of the season today? Oh, man. I, I thought they had a great shot at it last week. This week, I'm going to go with a four because is it possible? It's absolutely possible. I am not overly confident that it is going to happen for play-calling reasons, for it's going to be a little windy down there at Notre Dame Stadium, and it's going to be cold. I, I get that. So I'm going to give it a four. Saying there's a chance, but I just am not convinced that it is going to happen. Yeah, I I'm gonna give it a two. I just Ooh, even lower. I don't see it. You know, again, the way last week started out, Craig's going five, so he's saying 50-50, which, you know, percentage wise, what is this? Game number eleven. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, still it is. haven't seen one. And again, you almost had two in the first half last week, but that's right, Zach. Wide receivers are for blocking. We should all know that by now. So I'm going to say two. I'm just just not that high on it. Michael wants to know how many Boston College players have the flu. I don't know. It's like th that's one of those things that, you know, you sort of find out after the game when Halfley is talking with the media. You know, we'll see who ends up playing today. You know, they do have some sick guys. This is this is a good question from Stymie. Do we see Evans take a snap again in preparation for his pass attempt next week? I mean, and I, last week we didn't see it on TV, but he did take one. Yes, and that's that's a good call by Stymie. Though it's going to happen at some point. You've got to have a pop so. pass from Mitchell Evans. The way they're and and next week would make the most sense because the weather's going to be warmer than it is here in South Bend. You know, with with colder air and all that kind of stuff for this game. Today, I think I think a pop pass is coming from Mitchell. I want to see him take the snap and roll out because everybody's going to be focused on the middle. I want to see him roll out, get to the outside, have some throw run options out there. That's what I want to see. Or maybe even a throwback to Drew Pine going around. You know, there's a lot of things you could do, my friend. Yep. Super chat from David. Great show. Donation for Vince to keep up the lucky threads. We appreciate that. And David 
also wants to know how many times have you washed the sweatshirt since it became good luck? I'm embarrassed to say zero. I have not wow. washed it. No washing yeah. either. You're not. No, but I haven't. To the but game I haven't today. worn it. I haven't worn it any other day though either. Just wear it on Saturday, fold it back up, put it on the shelf. So, but yeah, zero. Another super chat. Twenty-one point favorite it? guys. Please no Marsh stand part three. You're right. Twenty-one point favorite. But again, they're zero and five against the spread when they've been double-digit favorites this season, and they have lost two of those games straight up to Marshall and Stanford. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wouldn't I'm be not, betting this game. I'm not touching it. I'm going to bet this game, I'm betting BC to cover. I'm That's, not touching it. Not with a 10-foot yeah. pole. I, I found an, there there is a, uh, and I, I'm, I'm plugging a, a certain site, but on DraftKings, they had one of those ones that are set up for you automatically, and the spread was 13. And it was a combination. It was like a parlay. It gave like plus 500 odds. I took that, but I can't go 21. So I took a yeah. 13. Can't go 21. Five straight games with a block punt. Do they get one today? Yep. I do. I think they get I'd one. roll with that. I'd roll with that for sure. Yeah. Yep. All right. Prediction. Besides pain. <laughs> what's your prediction? Pain today? for Boston College. Ooh. <laughs> Look, this is one of the I shouldn't say it's one of the hardest. They've all been hard because I just don't know anything about this team. That's the problem. I know who they want to be. I know who they have been. I know who they have been at certain times, and I know who they've been at other times. And you just don't know. And it's like you're pulling numbers out of the air when it comes to this team and what they're able to do. And I just, it is very difficult for me to pick this game. I, I obviously, I think Notre Dame is going to win. I think they are going to win going away. <clears throat> I picked 37, 14 for no reason in particular. I think that's what it should be. Brian always talks about what should be and what will be and how those are two completely different things. And I get that. So what should be is 37-14. What will be is probably like 21-14. So I'm obviously picking Notre Dame to win. I'm not backing down on that in any way. I just think the margin is 100% up for grabs. Yeah. So you may or may not have heard this before, but this is a game that Notre Dame should clearly dominate. Clearly. Yep. But again, it's also the sixth time we could say that this season because it's the sixth time Notre Dame has been a double-digit favorite this season, but they are... Three and two straight up in those previous such games. Three and two straight up in games as a double-digit favorite. They have not covered the spread in any of those five games. This is a BC team scoring just 19 points a game, yep. rushing for 2.1 per carry. That is insane for an FBS football program. And again, Phil Jerkovic and Emmett Moorhead have been sacked 39 times behind yep. that offensive line. <laughs> so this is a game... Again, like we were just talking about with the rivalry, it means more to Boston College. How much is that going to factor in today? I, I I changed my score a little bit from the one that we put up okay. on the website. You're but, allowed. But not by a lot. I've got Notre Dame 27 to 17. That's just – By 10. Okay. That's the only thing I feel comfortable with right now. <laughs> I don't now. feel comfortable with anything. It's, on paper, it's a total mismatch. It but, is. It is. But we've seen it before this year. 
unfortunately. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of people predicting fairly lopsided games. This is the closest one that I've seen. Sparks 52, 19, 29 to 16. I could see it being somewhere in that range as well. All right, a few national games to uh, roll through before we wrap things up. 22nd rake, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. It's Bedlam, Vince. I tell you, Bedlam. It, well, that's what they tell me. And, uh, you know, I'm a little surprised that the Sooners are seven-point favorites in this one, considering what's happened to them this season. But the defense has forced an awful lot of turnovers lately, and the Cowboy offense just loves giving the ball away. So yep. because of that, I am going to go with Oklahoma, but not – by seven, I'm going to go 31-27. Yeah, I don't like picking this game because Oklahoma State's offense has disappeared just 36 total points in the last three games. But Oklahoma's defense has just been a sieve all season. and They have forced eight turnovers the last couple of games, but they've still lost both games as well. The Cowboys are still in third place in the Big 12, so they've got something to play for. Still a chance for them to get to the Big 12 championship game, uh, you know, to repeat in the conference championship game. And, uh, you know, they win a game this week and then get some help from either West Virginia or Kansas, who are both playing Kansas State. They've got an opportunity. So I'll I'll, I'll say it'll be close. I'll say the offense comes back. Oklahoma State 31, Oklahoma 27. Oh, nice. Now we've got the battle for Los Angeles. Seventh-ranked USC at 16th ranked UCLA playing in the Rose Bowl today. Yeah, so this one's a really tough one for me because I can never look at a game without looking at the implications for Notre Dame. Like I just, I am hardwired for that to be the case. <clears throat> and this game obviously has Notre Dame implications written all over it. You know, USC's ranked number seven. They got one loss. It's a one point loss to Utah. UCLA, they're still ranked 16th in the country. So they're still ahead of Notre Dame, even though they, I believe they lost last week. Uh, but I, my gut, my gut says UCLA because I think they're the more physical team and I think they can out physical USC. My gut says UCLA, my heart wants USC to win because I want Notre Dame to be the ones to knock off USC. Yeah. So I went prediction wise, I went with my heart and I said, USC 41, UCLA 35. Ooh, we're not but that I, far. Oh, sorry. Go I, ahead. Was say, I wouldn't be surprised if UCLA won because I think they can beat up USC in the trenches. We're not that far off UCLA, of course, shocked in that loss to Arizona yeah. last week, you know, but you at USC, they've kept on going. Who's the only team to beat them though? Of course, Utah, think, yeah. physical football, UCLA, far more physical. Do they have enough firepower to keep up? Because their Achilles heel is also pass defense and Caleb Williams is averaging 14 yards per completion this season. So I've got a lot of points. I've got USA with USC winning 45 to 41. Ooh, yeah, we are in the neighborhood. Another Pac-12 game that we're picking this week. 10th ranked Utah at number 12, Oregon. I think the biggest question about this one is how is Oregon going to respond after they lost to Washington last week, right? I mean, it, that was kind of an unexpected situation. Washington's been playing well, but I didn't think they were playing well enough to beat Oregon, right? And this is good. This one's going to go a long way in determining who is headed to the Pac-12 title game as well. I mean, USC isn't a lock, uh, and there are three teams with one loss. The Trojans have that extra win because they play Notre Dame. Uh, the extra win in the Pac-12 because they've already played it, right? Because they play Notre Dame in the final week of the season. So whoever wins this game controls their destiny and the game in Eugene. So that gives the Ducks some momentum. And I 
I'm sure they're looking to get that Washington loss out of their mouth. I like the Ducks here because they can score. Utah is the more physical team, and that is how they beat USC earlier in the year. But they So can they slow down the Oregon offense? I don't think right. they can slow it down enough. But I don't know. I, I picked Oregon 28-25 <laughs> over Utah. I don't know you why. You sounded like you were trying to talk yourself into something else for a while. There, I know. So. I, like, as I was as I was going through it, I'm like, I don't – It this is a pick em game for me, to be honest yeah. with you. Because it's yeah. two completely different styles going up against each other. Right. Bottom line, for me, it came down to when Utah has lost, it's been because of the run game. Florida ran for 283 against them. UCLA ran for 203, and I think Oregon can do the same with, obviously, you know, the quarterback, Bo Nix, and yeah. his running and, and everything. So, again, I like points, but uh, I think that Oregon – again, I went back and forth on this just like you. I've got Oregon, though, winning 42-36, to 36, another high-scoring game. Another you high notice, score, by the yeah. way, we very rarely pick Big Ten games on this show. because the Big Ten stinks. That's exactly right, and that, that was going to be my point. <laughs> You've got a whole division that sucks. You've got two teams worthwhile in the other division. And, of course, they play next week. How, so. about, how about Navy? They're up on UCF right now. Really? Yes, they are. Seven to three. Wow. Got a little confidence early Just on. saying. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks to everybody for being with us today, as always. Going to have a little bit different schedule for Thanksgiving week next week because of, you know, like I'm going to be traveling and, you know, we've got all different kinds of stuff going on but we we will be with you on monday for ib nation sports talk we'll talk yes. about what the rest of the week looks like then so enjoy the game fingers pro- crossed stay warm wherever you are vince i'll see you in a couple hours yes you will my friend i got a lot to do between now and then so i'll see you there <laughs> too all right sounds good talk to you later have a good one post game show of course coming up later today right. thanks for joining us ib countdown to kickoff